Welcome to another episode of Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. We have it. Praise God in Almighty. Our hands. 2021. Yeah, 2021. However, we got it. We have it. So, how yeah. how is this going? Have, have you read through it? Any edits? Yeah. Like, is this good to go? How yeah. is it? Yeah. Well, we um. So that's actually what they call a proof copy. Okay. So uh, after you approve the um the the, uh, the manuscript or the, uh, the the copy or the text or the type of text they're gonna use uh, or the font. I'm sorry, the font they're gonna use. Uh, they they put it in real book form, and then we have to read it. And make sure that, you know, is there any other mistakes? And, and that, yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. feel it and all, look at it and stare at it and sleep with it and all. Which um, means that he probably gave it to Leslie. It's like, here you go, babe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I need you to take a look over this right here. No, she did it. I, I do it and she did it. Well, I, I, I really do it because I want to be sure that the thought that I want to communicate, because one word can change, mm. you know, one the, the, the thought you're trying to communicate. And so... So I, I went through it, and uh, but Leslie goes through it for those minor edits. Okay. I go through it to be sure that the thought and the spirit of the word is is and the structure of it is is what what I so want. So you to go through it to make sure it's King James instead of NIV. Yeah, you're you right on, right, man. Man, talking about you, you, you <laughs> hit the thing right. You got it. You got it right. <laughs> hit the nail right on the head. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> him one day. No, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. So I, I was listening. I was listening to somebody. I was listening to a brother on on, on uh, one of the social media talking that day. He went to quote the scripture. I said, "What? What are you talking about? That ain't that ain't the scripture." He 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 will almost put people like I think they may be going to hell for this. No, that, no. <laughs> that ain't scripture. That, that ain't what, what you quote, man. I'll never forget. No, no. Remember now, the first Bible I read, the first Bible I read from Matthew, the first time I read the Bible was an NIV, and so when I came to Buffalo, I left my I came to Buffalo, and I met Brother Allen. And at the time, like I never really tried to memorize scripture, but I was I read it. I read the New Testament several times and it was just there. And when I met Brother Allen and just for everybody, Brother Allen is like like the wisdom and the grace yeah. that the Lord has given the man with the word is incredible. Oh, yeah. He's a man yeah. that the Lord put in my life to help, you know, disciple me, raise me up. And so we started spending time together and I started quoting the scripture. No, this is what he would do. He would start a scripture and, and I was supposed to finish it. When he was started in King James, I was finishing it in NIV. He said, what? What's that? <laughs> he said, no, brother, the scripture don't say that. I said, brother, it do. It's right here in my Bible. He said, let me see that Bible. He said, no, bro, we got to get you a new Bible. <laughs> so then, so then I went, I said, well, what you read? He said, King James. So I went and got me King James. Man, fell in love with it. The poetic that. beauty and, and the love of the King James and the poetry. Oh, I, I could I can't put it down. So then you wouldn't be with the Passion Translation, would you? No, actually, yes. Oh. As a secondary translation, though. OK. As, I mean, as a secondary uh, um, reading, you know, a Bible reading you know, apparatus or or it's the first Bible that I go to for a because uh, a lot of his understanding he got from the original language. And he brings out the the beauty and the and the imagery of the Hebrew language, and so and uh, the Aramaic language. So he, he that's what he he draws from. So a lot of times, what he's expressing is is the is the original thought, right? What NIV does 
it it distracts you or takes you away from the original thought at times because it's a translation. It's Aramis reading it, telling you based off his knowledge and understanding what he think it's saying. I don't need that. I'll figure it out for myself. Right. Right. Give me a transliteration. Transliterate the meanings of the words to me. And that's what the Passion Bible does. Mm -hmm. Right. So I got all his Bible. I got okay, all. Okay. So, so if I start quoting scripture in the Passion Translation, that's going to be good for you then. I mean, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. <laughs> But yeah. I don't know. Can we talk about what you got against the King James? I mean, it's not, no, it's because how he comes at me oh, with my NIV. Said, that's what they said. Get back. She got to get back. That's right. it. Right. That's it. Right. So tell back. us about the plans for this book now. What plans do you well, have? Well, uh, the next stage is the marketing stage. This is really the the exciting part. It's really where you know where the rubber meets the road. At you know uh, when you think about things entrepreneurially, it's one thing to come up with a product. It's another thing to make sure that people are aware that you have a product. And so. The next phase uh, that we've been discussing is is the marketing phase. And, you know, obviously with the, you know, the world that we're in today with the social media and, you know, the um, the compartmentalizing of different organizations and groups and how we do things. You know, we, we got a plan to um, do everything from get it to uh, social media influencers to organizations, denominational organizations. So the guys that I'm connected to. They have they've been doing it long enough and they've been in the church for long enough where they have relationships with uh, leadership of denominations. And I just thank God that that, you know, these are two two white men excuse me, who've been in, you know, Christendom for 40, 50 years. Right. So they've been in the in the root system of the supremacy, uh, the white supremacy, you know, culture of the church. They've been a part of it. And I just thank God that the Lord has touched their hearts and moved them. Uh, I stated before that, you know, my editor called me or sent me a text. No, I, I guess I didn't have a chance to say this because uh, he, he gets a proof copy as well. And so he has to go through it as well. So he got a proof copy of it and he he got it. He got it last Saturday. He texted me last. He got it last Saturday. He said he got it Saturday afternoon. He texted me Sunday morning at eight o'clock and said, Damaris, I got your book yesterday and I've already finished it by this time this morning. And I just want to let you know, it is it is um, it is provocative. It is, you know, he says some very, you know, uh, you know, words that describes how good he felt good. He felt about the book and, uh, you know, coming from a man of, of his stature, who's ghost written and worked with who's who in the body of Christ. Um, he says, man, we got to start talking about getting this book into as many leaders hands as possible. So he feels that strongly about it, you know, and what we got to understand is, you know, this is this is his name is in the book. Like his name is on this book, like 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 he's putting his name on the line. Mm -hmm. You know, you really I sat back and I thought about it. I'm like for a guy like him to put his name on a book like this, that's going to challenge white America. That's going to challenge the white church mm -hmm. that I'm clearly stating that the church has missed it. And it's it's a uh, focus on, you know, social justice and, and, and the repair of black America. Like we should be the headlight, not the taillight in this thing. And the church has not only been complicit, but it's been an advocate for segregation and for, you know, white supremacy and things of that nature. And so for him to put his name on that, I mean, it's saying a lot. It's saying a lot. And so, you know, I just appreciate their their commitment to the move of God, you know. And, um, you know, I was I was talking to somebody else about it and they went into, well, you know, um, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on the, get how you feel about it. Right. And I and I had to say, well, it ain't really about how I feel because how Damaris feel is not the theme of the book. Mm -hmm. It's how God feels. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel the way God feels about it, mm -hmm. but God's feelings are first, you know. And so 
that that is what we want to communicate more than anything. This ain't a book that Damaris even thought to write up, write about. I mean, to be honest with you, when I read it, I'm like, who wrote this? Like when I read it, <laughs> like, man, this is good, you know? Um, but it's just, it's just, it's it's a it's a revelation of of God. And so we wanna we wanna put it in the hands of as many pe people as possible. Uh, we had a guy, a guy who's in politics, caught who who um Another, another guy's Dave was talking about that knows Dave and he said that he wants to give us access to every person in Congress. He'll, he'll help us write a letter and uh, so that it'll be sure that it gets on the desk because every Congress person, they have a secretary that she read his mail. They read, she read their mail first and she decides whether or not it goes on her desk or goes to his, the, the, the particular Congress person's desk. And so um, he said he'll give us, he'll show us how to write the letter so it gets to the congressperson's desk. Yeah. And so that's, that's the next phase. And so we're just marketing. I'm, I'm excited. It's done. It's ready. I'm ready to start teaching on the concepts, teach, talking about the concepts. I'm ready to start going in the churches and, and sitting down with people and Zoom meeting with people and doing whatever we can do to get this word out there because this is God's heart right now. This is God's heart. This is his baby. This is what, this is what God wants to see. He wants to see justice in America. Specifically for black America. He wants America to be healed. And until black America is healed, America can't be healed. He wants that to happen. He wants revival to take place in this land. He, he, he established America for a particular purpose and a particular reason. And until black America is taken care of and repaired, that will, that purpose can't be fulfilled. And that's what people have to see. That's why we, we subtitled the book Healing America's Racial Divide. Until that racial divide, starting with the church, is healed. You know, I know folks don't want to admit it, but there's racism, there's white supremacy, there's divide, racial, there's a racial divide in the church. Right. There's a racial divide. And so until we deal with that, remember, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Right. Until that is dealt with, then we can't go out there telling the world what they need to do. Yeah. So the move going to start in the church first. Right. The move going to happen. It's going to happen in the, in, 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 in the body of Christ and with God's people. And then we're going to see the, the, the world and America healed. We talked in our uh, I was I was going over our um, millennial conversation we had and um, you asked me a question. And as I was looking at it, I was talking about this, this, the sickness of the soul of white America and how in order for them to um, have done what they've done. It hasn't allowed them to be all that God has created them to be because there's a there's a there's a virus for you to feel like you are better than somebody to the point to where you enslave them mm -hmm. and that they're not human, right? So again, we just, we, we bring all those things out in the book that, that America, America will see revival after black America is repaired. We're gonna see a, we're gonna see a breakout of revival um, that, that like we've never seen before. That's good. You got any questions right now, bro? Biden was right when he said it was gonna get worse before it gets better. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't catch that. When did he say that? I, uh, he was talking about COVID when he said it, but he, he was just saying it's, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Mm. I mean, there's all kind of videos. I mean, you, you sent one too about uh, something happened to some girl when she took the vaccine oh, or something oh, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you know. Well, I mean, again, um, that that. It depends on your perspective when they say it's going to get worse before it get better. Um, and sometimes, you know, the Bible says like this. If you look at it, except the corner, we fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. Like death precedes life in some sense, in some aspects. Right. 
that the, the life of a seed is inside the seed, but until the outer encasement of that seed dies or it disintegrates in the case of a seed until it disintegrates, then the life that's on the inside can't come out. John said it like this. He said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. So there's a disintegration that has to take place in man. Man got to get out of the way. Right. So man and the arrogance and the pride of white America has to get out of the way so that so that the repair that God wants for black America can rise up and then all America can be healed. Yeah. You know, that's what really it comes down to. Uh, God values black life. I mean, they got to see that. We was in a conversation the other day talking about rec reconciliation. You know, and I think people miss it when it comes to reconciliation because there's two aspects to it. There's repentance and there's repair. You got to repent. You got to think differently. Right. White America has to think differently about black America. White men have to think differently about black men. White women have to think differently about black women. White women and white men have to think differently about black men and black women. You have to think differently about them. You have to think about them the way God thinks about them. That is what the true essence of repentance is to, is to return to the original way of thinking. The original way of thinking is the way God thought about black men and black women. You have to think like that until you until you repent and think the way God thinks about black America, then you really won't be able to um, repair black America or you really won't be able to express a true essence of 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 of, of being sorry and and forgiveness. You got to see me. You got to see me as God sees me. When you see me as God, it becomes easy for you now to love me and to work with me and to walk with me and to, co and to connect with me. But until you see me as that, till you see me as, as the way God sees me, then that's the first aspect of reconciliation. Once you do that, the repair is easy. Now, you, now the repair is, oh, how, what you need? How much you need? Why you need it? What's wrong? What we got to do? It's easy. So that's, the, that's an uh, important element of reconciliation is, is repentance. Then the repair. Like you can't you can't ask me. You really, really. If you don't have a mind to repair me, don't come to me with no forgiveness. So I have a question for you. I was in a conversation with someone this weekend and she was saying how she's learning how to receive. And she said that it's it's so much better to receive from someone who's willing to give. She said, but if someone is forced to give, you almost don't want what they are trying to give you. So do you feel as if America will ever get to a point where they're willing to give reparations to us? Or do you think this is going to be a forced thing? Well, to, to answer it in this matter, I can care less as far as whether they're willing to That's secondary. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Was Pharaoh, how, how'd Pharaoh feel about doing it? Oh, man, that was the last thing he wanted to do. <laughs> but listen, them, them boys start dying around the country. They can't remember. Man, get them people what they want. So, hey, okay, I get it. No, I get what she, I get her point. The perfect will of God would be for, for us to receive it from people who are willing to give it to us. But if they ain't, oh, well, I ain't got a problem with it either, right? But do you think if it's if it's forced that it may come with something underneath that we don't see? No, I don't think it'll, okay. I, don't, I don't think it'll come with with uh, with with something underneath it. I mean, like Pharaoh. So so I mean, I mean, th that's the perfect model. So we 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 can say this. We can we, we can look at it. And, and, and if we really look at the true essence and, and again, we, I don't go into all this in the book, but. But the Bible can prophetically share, will share with us and show us what will happen. So let's just say once they give us reparations, there's going to be a, a, a second thought that comes up and says, what did we just do? Like Pharaoh did. What did he do after he gave them reparations? Then he went back and tried to bring them back. Mm -hmm. Right. So there may be a, a, um, uh, a sector of, of white society that says, wait a minute, what did we just do? We got to do something. We got to try to do something to, to oppress them or suppress them more. Mm -hmm. Well, that's OK. 
That's fine. What happened when Pharaoh tried to come get the boys? They got <laughs> swallowed up and out. they got themselves wiped out. <laughs> so if you want to come after me after you give me reparations, that's your choice. Right. You got to deal with my lower. You got to deal with the lowest support. That's on you. Right. So that is the model. That's the blueprint of what could take place. That don't necessarily mean it's going to take place, but it could take place. You're going to have a, a sector of white America that feels like they they just lost something that they couldn't. They can't get back. Well, guess what? You can try to come after me if you want to. Then you're going to have to deal with the with the wrath of God. With the wrath of God. You're going to have to deal with it, right? Um, and I think, I think what's important is the church, is the church um, becoming that, that, that agency of justice that God has designed for us to become. That's what's important. The church was designed to be an agency of justice for the poor, for the widow, for the orphans, for the, for the, uh, for the fatherless. You know, it, w it was designed to be an agency that brought that brought change for for the betterment of humanity. And we haven't been that. We haven't been that. One of the things that I wanted to get into was how do we become that? How do we become that agency or that that church that that's designed to be the voice, the headlight, the forerunner, the the salt, the light, the leaders, you know, the trailblazers, those who are who going to take the bulls by the horns and say, I'm going to speak truth to power. I'm going to speak truth to whoever needs to hear it so that we can get justice in the land. Who's going to be that? The church is supposed to be that. But if we don't see Jesus as being that, then we can't become that because we become by beholding. Second uh, Corinthians, the third chapter, the 18th verse says we all with open face beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. See, we have to see the glory, the glory of the Lord that of, of him, of Jesus being that that trailblazer for justice and the trailblazer for the poor to come out of their poverty. We have to be, see Jesus as one who who hated iniquity, who hated injustice, but loves judgment and loves justice being established specifically for the poor. We have to see that if we don't behold the beauty of our Lord in that fashion. If we don't see him saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach to God. I'm the first people I'm looking out for is the poor. Like why are they poor? Right. If they did something to get in this situation, I'm going to show them how to not to do that. If somebody did something to them to put them in this situation, they're going to repair their injuries. Right. So we have to see our Lord, the beauty in that. The beauty in that. The Bible says as we behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in this temple in, in Psalm 27. Uh, verse four it talks about one thing have I desired and this will I seek after that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. There's a beauty about our Lord that we have to see. We have to behold. Right. We have to look intently. We have to look with an intention and purpose to examine, to learn from. That's the idea of beholding. We got to behold when we behold our Lord and we see he's a he's a king. First and foremost, he's about justice. He's about judgment that everything about the kingdom of God starts with. Judgment and justice like we can't get to all this other stuff. We've been talking about all this other stuff We've been esteeming all this other stuff. We've been putting before judgment and justice. That's got to take a back seat God's gonna get this thing right. Remember he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle He's coming back for a church. That's got it together. That's doing right and until we get that man We're gonna fall short, but there's a rumbling. There's a remnant. There's a rising that's taking place There's an awakening that's happening in the church in the body of Christ and now we're gonna see Really what God has designed for the church to be. And that's that's a church that's going to fight for the poor and deal with its oppressors. But it's almost like there's a cap on the way that people believe, like a limiter on it. You know what Man, I mean? I mean right the, the, on. The, way, the way that things are being taught. 
you know, people don't believe that they can go out and do what Jesus. We, like think about, think about it like this: there, there are people based on on what they're taught in churches that don't even believe that they can do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And in the Word, it says we're supposed to be able to do greater than that. You got it. You got it. Greater works. Greater works in these that you do. Right. So so in understanding that, it's like, well, how, how do we change that mindset? Because this is what's being taught to these people through the leadership in the church. <laughs> I know where you're going. You just want me to say it. Yeah. Wait, wait, right. You see how you see how you see how you know where you want to go. You get, you get. I'm gonna say it. Right. It's, it's, it starts with the leadership. Like folks need to get out of this bad teaching. It's bottom line to it. Listen, you need to get away from people. Guys said, leave them alone. They joined them, get away from them folks. You know, you hate to say that. You hate to say it because you you know you want to think the best about people, but some folks just ain't ain't being taught right. They under religion. They being led by false. You gotta, you get, but you gotta know. Like you gotta know. Like it's hard to tell somebody. Listen, they've been at it. They've been going with this church for 15, 20, 30 years. Like man, listen, okay, I'm gonna leave them folk alone, right? You, it's tough to lead. He said the Bible says it like this: They that lead thee, cause thee to error, right? Malachi came down on the leadership. Jeremiah came down on leadership, right? It's the people who are leading us that has caused us to miss it. And, and, and those who are currently leading was led by other people. So it's been generational, right? It's been generational. So that's the first thing. You have to, you have to find um, leadership that has a right revelation of who Jesus was and why Jesus came. And then, and then after that, if, again, if we really want to get a, a church of believers that, that will believe that they can live out and live practically, people got to understand Jesus did what he did as a man. Practically, he practically lived out what he read about himself in the word of God. How did he do that? We do that by beholding what he what he was. First thing we got to see ourselves, we got to come under the sonship banner. We got, that's that's first and foremost. And we don't become sons by doing great things. God validated Jesus' sonship before he did any miracle, before he did anything. When he, as soon as he came out, as soon as he came out, he said, after he got baptized, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He validated Jesus as a son and being well pleased with him even before he did anything. So we got to we got to receive that now, even before you build a great ministry, build a great business, do a great ministry, come into great knowledge. You have to accept the fact that God, I'm a I'm a I'm a son and God has validated me in Christ Jesus. Now, I got to see that and I got to believe that. Then practically, we build upon that with this. In John's gospel, the first chapter. The 12th verse, I want to say. Uh, let me look at it. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, oh, where's my phone at? Uh, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's, it's the, um, I don't want to get it wrong. I want, I want to read it right. It is the 12th verse. No, no. 14th verse. It says, and the word was made flesh, speaking of Jesus, and dwelt among us. Here's what John said. And we beheld his glory. Right? In the context of the scripture, it says, and the glory as the only Begotten sonship, right? Only begotten of the Father. And what was he full of? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. If we're going to practically live out and do the things Jesus said we have to do, we have to be full of grace and truth. Now, now, now that's written from the outside in, right? We got to see it from the inside out. What I mean by that is this. The Bible says it like this over in uh, Corinthians, the 13th chapter. He said, now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But then it says, but the greatest of these is love. But it said faith, hope, and love. It said faith and hope before it said love. That's because we see it from the outside in. When you see it from God's perspective, the inside out, the greatest is love. Even though we read it 
faith, hope, and love. So we got to, at times, we got to be able to see things from God's perspective. God sees things from the inside out. If you read that scripture, grace and truth from the inside out, what's more, what's more uh, valuable? Truth. 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 Once you have a revelation of truth and you combine that with the grace of God, a revelation of the grace of God, now you can walk as a son. Sons or sonship is 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 comprised of revelation, knowledge and the grace of God, which speaks to a a innate ability given to man for you to do or enable you to do that which you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Right. There's one facet. People talk about grace where I'm married to favor and you get, a, you know, I get that. That's one. That's that's that's, you know, that's elementary. That's for the babes. <laughs> There's another aspect of it. Well, that's an it's an empowering force that enables you to do truth, like to do what you saw Jesus doing, to live, to see, to see Jesus going around establishing justice, establishing order, uh, putting things back in the right order and in, in the right place, realigning things, you know, establishing a government in order that care for what needs to be cared for properly. That's what we're supposed to be doing. There's a revelation you have to have and then there's a truth you have to have. Now, grace and truth is the fruit of. Love and faith or faith and love. So you have to be rooted and grounded in love, which then which then ignites your faith, which enables you to access the grace and establish the truth. That's how we go through that. That's the process by which we go to see. See, everything about the scripture is line upon line. You can't skip a line. See, folks want to skip a line. You can't skip a line. You got to go from you got to go from love to faith. To truth, I mean, to, to grace, to truth. We access grace by faith. So if we want to see the life of the sons, what, what, what is everybody waiting for? The whole world in Romans 8 chapter is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's why that's why that's why God sent Jesus, that he wouldn't be the only begotten anymore, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Right. God is about sonship. It's about sonship. And so as many as received him, what did he give them the power to become? And this very, it's in this very, it was in John, the first chapter is in verse 11, verse 12. Uh, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as in too many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons. See, that's what God is after. He wants sons. That's what he's after. He wants, he wants to see, and let me say it like this so we don't exclude our, our sisters. He wants sonship. Sonship is what, we, is what he's after, right? The gender aspect is secondary. He's after those who going to walk in the power and the authority as sons. Listen, God is so he's so he's so passionate about sons. Listen, a son, a son can walk up to his father and tell him, I wish you was dead. Give me my stuff. That's what Jesus said in parable in Luke. He said the son went up to his dad and said, give me my that's equivalent to saying, I wish you was dead. I want my stuff. Then he can go out and spend it with Hollis, spend it on white righteous living, spend it on, spend it in the club, spend it on, you know, in, in uh, what's they called the strip club, spend it on in the regular club and spend it on hot and get to the point where he spent it all. Now he's eating pig food, now he's eating out of the garbage cans and, and living, you know, unlike a son. Then that son can come up with a scheme in his mind and say, you know what? The slaves at my father's house live better than me. I'm going to go back and I'm going to act like I don't live like a slave. That was a scheme he came up with. Even in all that, he is so enamored and so passionate about having sons. He ignore all of that. 
he'll sprint to you and dump on you and just start kissing you. That word kiss, that means to lick like a dog. They're like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm just kissing him, just kissing him the whole time. Didn't say shower now. Man said he came right out of the pig side. He didn't say he took a shower. So he kissing on all that filth. He hugging on all that filth, right? Then he tell him, man, listen, give him the robe, bring him a ring, and put some shoes on his feet. Robes, rings, and riches. He restored everything back. That's how bad he wants sons, man. That's how bad he wants sons. That's how bad he wants to see sonship. Right? Jesus, Jesus was the model. All right, we're going on and on. <laughs> we're going on and on. We keep going. So, okay. So then let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when we, you were first talking about the book, the book and everything, you were talking about how the church missed the mark and you were talking about healing America. So can you go back to how has the church missed the mark? Right. Okay. Perfect. Uh, which ties into because I never got got going on that sonship stuff. I never got to. I never got to how we. I how the church back at the whiteboard, bro. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. so here we go. Yeah, yeah. I, yo, you, you asked a question. That's what it was. You asked a question. Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's what happens. We 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 have to we have to see Jesus so that we can become the church. So, uh, the church missed it in its in its in its focus, right? Ah, man. So, so there's so many layers to it. I can't go back to the to the the ultimate layer is white supremacy. That's the root layer is white supremacy and European um, European the the colonizing uh, by the Europeans was rooted in white supremacy. They again, they hijacked everything. They hijacked the gospel in the sense of what what it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to do. So we can go all the way back there. Um, but to fast forward, um, We've missed it with with what we've focused and emphasized. We haven't emphasized judgment and justice. We haven't emphasized that specifically toward black America. I mean, we go through this in the book. We outline it. There's scripture. upon. I mean, I, I have moments in the scripture like I just had. I just go on and on and on. And I just got I say, OK, I'm going to stop. That's enough. I can keep going like like the book could have been 400 pages. Right. But I can just keep with scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture outlining how God feels about slavery, oppression, reparation, repair, reconciliation, forgiveness, how he feels about all of that stuff. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So are we starting a series? Well, well, the next series to the book is oh, Jesus. Oh, nice one. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> no, I've already got it. It's Jesus, judgment and justice. It's Jesus. And how he focused on his ministry was focused on establishing judgment and justice in the, in the earth within the nation of Israel. So that's the next book in the series is that one where we will see Jesus. And instead of presenting the things he did in a religious fashion, we're going to present it in the most practical um, uh, social way. Remember, the gospel was designed to, to flourish, to thrive, to be established within the construct of a social or a society, a social order or a society. That's what it was designed to, to it'll flourish in that example. It don't flourish in religion. It don't, the kingdom don't flourish in religion. Right. It's suffocated in religion. Mm. It's dead. Mm -hmm. it's, it it yeah. dies. It's suffocated. So, so it, 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 it really lives and it's vibrant within the confines in the structure of a society. Right. So the churches, we've missed it by not focusing on what Jesus focused on. Generally speaking, again, you have, you know, you've got one or two people doing stuff. Right. Um, but <laughs> but we missed it in that sense. Now, now, in order for us to come out of that thing, we got to we got to hear something radical. Mm -hmm. That's re reparations now. Why? 
is radical. <laughs> One of the first things my, my editor said was like, you're going to stir a lot of people up. Yeah, gonna, you gonna, you gonna, he said, you're going to challenge a lot of people. <laughs> I said, praise God. That's what I want to do. Listen, <laughs> Jesus did not come. He, I'm going to say like this. Jesus came. He said, he said, you think I come to bring peace? Man, I come to separate folk. Man, I come to lay it to the line. I, I, the, I come to lay the axe to the root of the tree. That's what it's going to take to wake folks up. We, we've been in such a stupor. We've been in such a darkness that it's going to take it's going to take a, a, a radical revelation, a, a, a revolution that's going that's going to shake us up and say, listen, we've been wrong, you know, and 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 I'm and I'm and I'm coming to a an awareness that there are churches, as I was telling you guys earlier, I just came across um, an organization it's called the Coalition of. It's a coalition of churches that's for reparations. Right. And I just went through the process of becoming a member of that that that, that coalition. But there's 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 a remnant. I told you all there's a remnant. It's, it's happening. It's happening. There's a remnant of churches that's 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 seeing it. Right. And it's, it's going to explode. It's going to explode and it's going to explode. And 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 we really believe this book is going to be the catalyst, the catalyst to exploding to the explosion. And you're going to have other men and women coming out. And now now having the confidence to write about it and having the confidence to be bold about it. Right. That's that's what I really believe is going to happen. And when the church see Jesus and they see the scripture, they see salvation as God's reparative plan for all of man, then they better understand why God wants to see black America repaired. I was asked a question. I was asked a question. Well, what's the plan to historically to show that reparations will change the culture and the outcome of black America? Right. What's the plan? Right. Yeah. Same thing. I frowned at the same thing. You said, well, so you got to think about what people like, what people when they ask, it really yeah. expose them. Right. Uh, you know, so so the next step, here's how that's going to work. Once white pastors and white believers read this book, they're going to be to deny it because it's mm -hmm. the word. It's mm -hmm. the scripture. So the next thing is. They still might not want to give it, though. Let me add that part. Even though they know it's God, they still might not want to be a part of the reparation process. Right. So they're going to have to say now, well, how do we know this going to work? That's the next phase of it. Well, how do we know? What's the proof that if we do this, then it's going to change? And I thought about that thing for a while. And, you know, I, my answer, I wanted to come right back out and say, you white supremacist, I, you know, I want to go to them like that. Because <laughs> it's not up to you whether right. or not it's going to well, work. Well, that's the answer. But no, but see, but see you, you got to get them. You got to get them where you don't leave them any wiggle room. Right. Mm. So as I meditate on the thought came to me, what's the proof? What's the historical proof? Like they want a historical proof, right? That reparations will cause a culture and a, a people to come out of their, you know, poverty and come out and, and, and overcome and thrive and be a, a vibrant culture. And the thought came to me. White America. That's the proof. Because y'all got reparated. Y'all reparated slave owners. Y'all reparated folk. When y'all gave reparations, right? Y'all gave yourselves unearned benefits. Y'all the proof. You the proof. You are the proof that reparations and, and the redistribution of wealth, how, how wealth will cause a culture and the people to, to, to become. You're the proof. So now how are you going to answer that? <laughs> they can't answer that because you're the proof. You want proof? Look at yourself. Yep. Which, now now you're going to start talking about yourself now? <laughs> you're going to talk about how bad you are? No, you're the proof, right? Yeah. So white America is the proof that once wealth and the opportunity to, to build wealth and the past and build wealth on the generational level, once that's given to a people group, they'll thrive. Mm -hmm. So that's the answer to that question. White America is the proof.
You want to you know what's going to happen with black America? When black America gets, gets uh, uh, when we redistribute the wealth and, and black America is given the opportunities and they're given the resources to build, look at yourself. Look at white America. See, see, that's the natural progression of salvation. But isn't that something they don't want? Some of them. Some of them don't want it. The white supremacists don't want it. Some of them don't want it. Okay. But therein lies the turn. See, white supremacy is the evil. Mm. That's the evil. Mm -hmm. Right? Slavery is just the fruit of white supremacy. Right. That's why when they abolished slavery, that's why you get Jim Crow. When they did away with Jim Crow, that's why you get black holes. When they did with the black holes, that's why you get redlining. When they did with redlining, you get shit. You know what I mean? Oh, I got out of my order. You get sharecropping. Now, that, see, white supremacy is the, the, the social construct of the day. The, the, the systemic race. That's all, the, that's all the brainchild of white supremacy. So that's the root that you got to deal with. Only thing that can deal with that is salvation. That's the only thing that can deal with that is salvation, right? So if you want to get, until we really, if you want to see the eradication of white supremacy, folks got to give their heart to Jesus. That's what's going to eliminate that. Then they got to get renewed. Their mind got to get renewed. So I would say, I would say being born again and having a renewed mind. That's how you deal with white supremacy. See, the problem is we've had, we've had folks born again, white supremacists who got saved, but they didn't get their mind renewed. So they still had a white supremacist mindset. Like, like, yeah, I hate to mention it, but Charles Finney, somebody who's very popular in, the, in, 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 in our area, right? You know, uh, he had a quote where he says to one of his parishioners who wanted, to, who wanted black folks to be able to sit in the pews next to white folks. He says, he says you've mistaken, you've mistaken um, um, the abolishment of my, because my, he was for the abolishment of slavery. He says, you've mistaken my abolishment of slavery with equality, Right. He still didn't see black folks as equal to white folks. But he was born again preaching the gospel, getting folks saved. Right? His mind just wasn't renewed. So born again and a renewing of the mind is what's necessary to deal with white supremacy. But when it comes to, um, when it comes to the idea of reparations and repairing, I mean, we, we can do that. We can, we can deal with that, you know, whether you, you know, whether you want to do it or not. You know, there is a there's a, there'll be a faction of folks that don't want because they're afraid. Yeah. What will we do? Because right. they've never seen a thriving black America and the benefits that they'll bring to all America. What do we do? They're just afraid. Mm -hmm. Again, don't worry. Look at yourself. Look how look how you built your your yourself, your people up. Your, look, look at I mean, it, it, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be a good thing. Right. And so when we look at that and we see that you here, we, we use we use the example we've been using. Nation of Israel. He told Abraham. In these are all the nations of the earth be blessed. Right. Because Israel was blessed. All of all the world, all the other nations in the earth are blessed. Right. Because white America is blessed. All the other nations of the earth are uh, uh, have been benefited from it. Right. When black America, it's going to be the same thing. So don't worry. Don't be afraid. Zacchaeus dealt with two levels of repair. He said, half my goods I give to the poor. That's one, that's one level. And then he said, those who I've defrauded, who I've stolen from, suppressed, oppressed, robbed, denied wages. He says, I'll give them reparations. We can't confuse what we do for the poor and what we do for those who've been defrauded. It's two different streams, right? So, there's a there's a faction that that of 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 ministry that has to speak directly to the poor, those who don't have. But then we, we can't we can't we can't exclude. And actually, I would say 
we have to focus first on because a lot of the poor are poor because they've been defrauded. Specifically speaking of black America, we have to focus on the repair of black America. Right? We deal with that. Poverty is the enemy. Like that, that's the other thing. It's just so much. It's, just, it's, 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 it's a connection that we have to make. And um, until the church see it, until the church see it, she going she going she going she going to struggle. But she going to see in a second. Yeah. She going to yeah. see. She going to see in a second. Any other questions? Cuz he cuz he definitely I was about to go into the the natural flow of Zacchaeus and everything, but is that all you wanted to say about Zacchaeus because there there was well, things that I would say this say. about Zacchaeus. Okay. You said the natural flow. Mhm. I was I was in a conversation with a brother and we were talking about the book and we were talking about Zacchaeus and I said and I asked him the question. I said what 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 did Jesus say to Zacchaeus to make him do what he did? Nothing. Right. But the brother, the brother started making up stuff. Well, I'm sure they were sitting at dinner and he probably I said, wait, 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 brother. I said, I said, I'm Jesus not doubting. I ain't doubting. Jesus sat down at the table and said, <laughs> right. right, yeah, 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 something like that. I said, bro, I said, bro, I get that. I said, and I ain't denying that. What did the scripture say Jesus said to him? Because you're making up stuff now. That's what folk do. They start making up stuff. You start making up stuff. What the nothing. See, that's how powerful salvation is. That's how powerful it is. It don't, the scripture don't give us nothing. Jesus didn't say a word to him about it. I can imagine Jesus just sitting there, not saying a word. Zacchaeus wondering, is he going to say anything? <laughs> what, what are you going to say to me? Zacchaeus started thinking, yeah. man, what, 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 man? Okay, Lord, okay, okay. <laughs> Half my goods I'll give to the poor. If I've stolen anything from anybody, I'll reparate them fourfold. Salvation has come to your house, Zacchaeus. <laughs> you good now, son. You good now. <laughs> You good now? You know what I'm saying? He said a word to him. That's the force. Of, see, it's just, but the one thing he did do, it says, it says, it says, today I must, I must abide at your house. That's what Jesus said to him. I must abide at your house. That speaks, that word abide there is the same word we hear, except my word abide in you and you abide in me. See, it speaks of a, a, a presence, a presence. See, all these folks born right here talking about they're in the presence of God. All these folks, the presence, the, we want the presence of God. We want the presence of God. We want, the presence will change you. Yeah. The presence will cause you to do as Zacchaeus did. Who have I injured? Who must I repair? Right? Well, I ain't had no say. I ain't on nobody. That's okay. I get that. But guess what? He says, and we deal with this in the book, the iniquities. He visits the iniquities. He visits. That word visit that means to require from. To hold accountable to. He visits the iniquities of the fathers. Why? Because you benefited. Because you're the primary beneficiary of what your fathers did. You benefited. This country has benefited in some form and some fashion. You've benefited. That's why he holds you accountable because you're the only one now, you're the beneficiary of the iniquity that your fathers put in place. So you got to pay the bill. Right? He visits the iniquities of the fathers down to the third and fourth generation. We're in the fourth generation right now. We're in the fourth generation. Right? So, so Zacchaeus, he abode the presence of God. That's all Zacchaeus did was sit in the presence. Okay, I love it. I love that you love the presence. Now what's your excuse? Because if you was in the presence of God like you're supposed to be, yeah. you'd be ready to repent yep. mm -hmm. and repair. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Zacchaeus is our model. The presence of God will cause you to repent and repair. So either you ain't hearing right which I think is going on. Remember, I, we talk, I said I wanted to get to this earlier about this faction of folks that's prophesied that Trump was going to win the second uh, term. Mm -hmm. 
I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to that day that thing happened, man. Listen, listen. Still waiting around for it, though, huh? Well, it's coming up. They, they still fighting. I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they still might be right. In my mind, it's a done deal. But okay. I'm going to give them the because these, these folks are highly esteemed. Some of these folks are highly esteemed. Like, mm -hmm. some of these folks are like, I learned a lot from. But when it's all said and done, I got to let you have it. But isn't but isn't that isn't that something I'm not gonna say that God likes to do, but he is known for, you know, causing those who are intelligent to be a little confused what? or dumbfounded by things that they thought was truth, but it's not. Right. No doubt. The Bible talks about he, he used he uses the wisdom of the world to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. Right? So so sometimes excuse me, he had to bring folks down. See, I, I personally, and I'll just touch on this, but I personally believe the reason that it happened the way it's happened is because we missed it. We missed it. Who got who got uh, Biden in office? What did it come down to? Black America. See. Trump and his folks, they never focused on black America. They should have focused on black America. The church should advise them to focus on black America. It's time. See, we, we're not in tune. And, 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 and I'm going to go into this after that day. But the Bible talks about. Being in tune with the signs of the times. Right. Mm -hmm. These prophets, they run around here prophesying, seeing all this stuff, but they ain't seen that. Why? Why haven't they seen that? What's blinding them from seeing that? What's blinding them? from? I mean, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Now. What's blinding them from seeing and hearing what God is saying as far as repairing black America? I don't want to say it. Are you going to say it? I'm going to say it. It's okay, white supremacy. It's you. supremacy. Okay. <laughs> It's what it is. Racism. It's what it is. Yeah. What's blinding them from hearing? He says, for those who can't hear and those who can't see, he says, how, why is that? Because the God of this world has blinded the minds for them so they can't hear, they can't see. How does he blind them? How he blinds them with, with wickedness, with iniquity. So white supremacy, what, what's, what's the root uh, was I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I'm trying to think of it as okay. White white supremacy is born from a a, a twisted sense of pride. You get what I'm? You get, no, you get, you I, get I, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I know that. I'm just waiting for you to get the question now. I already know the answer. <laughs> okay. Well, so so <laughs> what, what, Satan. What, is, what what caused Satan to fall? I mean, what's what's the primary? Uh, Dis distorted emotion or what like is it pride is it is it what know, is it anger okay, is it okay you okay. know what i'm saying because I, i'm trying to what do whenever there's any evil what do we have to start we've talked about this already Satan. no well, well yeah well that's the origin but practically speaking what do we start practically speaking the love of money oh okay. is the root okay. of all evil okay and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily you asked me a question about about um the pedophile. You said, well, well, some would challenge it because they said the pedophile don't do it for money. But, but what I didn't go into and what I, what I will go into now is this. is a lot of times it's not about money. See, we, what does money give you? Power. That's what moves the pedophile. Is the power. Mm. Is the power. So it still comes down to the root. See, a lot of times it's not what money, because what, the, what the, 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 the paper dollar, what, that ain't, there ain't no power in that. But it's what is what is what a lot of those pieces of paper give you. It's the love of money. It's the power. 
it's the it's the avarice. That word is avarice. That is the that is the um, misplaced desire or perverted desire for for what money gives you, and that's power over another. That's power. That that's ability to control how they think and what they do, how they act. So the root of that practice, the root of white supremacy, is dominance. It's power, which has its origin in Lucifer. He said, I will destroy the most high. He wanted the power that God had to create and control. He wanted that power. But as we said before, what he didn't understand was that power only works by love when you're doing it by love. They wanted power. That's why it's never worked for, the, for white supremacy. That's why it's really never worked. That's why they've had to beat us into submission at times. Because true power and ability to influence and empower and, and, and to manifest a utopic society can only come by love. Can't come by anything else. So the, the origin of that, they want dominance. They want power. That's what you got to deal with. Mm. And they're furious. If we give them resources, mm -hmm. we lose our power. Right. Right. But another power will emerge. A power to collaborate. A power to build together. A whole new power will emerge. And it won't, it won't diminish your ability to be and do. It'll actually increase your ability to be and do. So this is what's on the other side of reparations. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new dynamic. That's why we, one of the things we talk about is reparations will lead to a revival. It'll lead to the establishment of the kingdom of God like we've never seen before. How long have we been gone? 45. Oh, we're right at 45? Okay, we still, we're good. So, I mean, and I asked another question. <laughs> you know, but, but that's what it's about. And that's what that's what God has taken us. And I know we put some heavy stuff on folks today. I know we, we, we put some. But this is where we got to go. Yes. Right. We got to grow up. It's time to grow up. Yeah. It's time to grow up and grow into the things that's going to bring us as a church and as a society where God intends. It, it's, we're right there. We're right there. We're right there. Right. Um, but I was listening to a group of professionals, you know. You know, talk all the religious talk and the professional jargon and using all these fine words and big words. Listen, what thus saith the Lord? That's what's going to come down to. Paul said, I, Paul said, listen, Paul said, listen, he said, he said, we use plainness of speech. In other words, Paul would use the most simplest vernacular possible so that he could be. He didn't want to blind anybody. Right. He didn't want anybody to be misled and misunderstood. He wanted to be plain, the way so plain that a fool need not error. See, I was telling Leslie when we was writing this book, I want this to be a quick read and an easy read. I want people to be able to. So I use I use words that people could easily relate to, like like I don't know what grade level it's written on. Yeah. But it's, I, I, we purposely would use words to make it. I'm talking about I want it to be plain. Like we've got a chapter in there where we break down, we break down God's language and words that's used in the Bible. And what what do they sound like and look like and mean today? Practically, right? if you don't know the language of God, then you won't be able to understand the thought and the passion and the desire and, or the will of God. It's like it's like it's like me when I left the Dolphins, I went to the Bills. Well, in Miami, they called a, they called a, a particular route by a certain name Well, that same route. When I got to Buffalo, I had a whole new name. The language has changed. The route was the same, but the language was different. If I tried to hold on to the language of the dolphins and, and apply it to the, uh, the chaos, confusion, misunderstanding. Wait, I'll be out there like, what's going on? You, well, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. If we don't know God's language, that's what happens. We come, out of, we come out of Babylon. We come out of the world. 
over into the kingdom, we got to learn the language of the kingdom. We got to learn the language of wealth creation. We got to learn the language of love. We got to learn the language of faith. We got to learn the language of, of, of marriage. We got to learn the language. If we don't know the language, we'll misunderstand everything that's been trying to, that's trying to be communicated to us. So we talk about the language and knowing the language of God and understanding that language. And until we understand the language, it goes back to the church. A lot of church folks don't understand the language. We understand the language of religion, but we don't understand the language of a king. Right. We understand the language of a of a, a religious figure, but we don't understand the language of a of a statesman, a governmental figure in which Jesus was. We got to behold Jesus as he was designed to be behold, right? We got to present Jesus as he presented himself. And that's when we're going to see the masses come into a knowledge and, you know, the church would be what she's supposed to be. Sounds good to me, bro. How you feel? You feel? Uh, praise yeah. God. Okay. So any last thoughts about this book before we close at all? Anything you want to say about this book? Um, we, we should, we should be, we sent in our final corrections and changes. He said it would probably take them a, a business day to do it. It wasn't a whole lot. Um, and then from there, we go to print. We're going to do what we call a promotional release. Mm -hmm. where We're going to send it out promotionally to probably 100 to 150 people or so. And, um, and I'm talking to, um, I'm talking to um, publicists. And we're talking uh, strategies now about, about the marketing process. You know, it'll be in all the, you know, iTunes, all, you know, all you different outlets like that. But... No, you know, we, we definitely believe that, you know, this 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 book has to be strategically dispersed uh, to the body of Christ and to certain influencers in society. And uh, so that we can be sure that, you know, the message is received properly and that the masses get it. Um, the masses get it like they're supposed to get it. So uh, stay tuned. It should be happening here uh, within the next the next couple of weeks. OK, 2021. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Okay, well, great. So remember, we are on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, you share, you comment, you like. And um, also, make sure that you continue to say, stay safe during this time, please. So until next time, thank you for joining us for another episode of Salvation Solutions. And we will see you next time. <laughs>